Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, this is the Relaunchables Podcast. I'm Jordan Holzer, and each episode we'll be breaking down another 90s, early 2000s kids movie. I am not alone. Each episode I'll be having on special guests to help me relive my childhood. This is a bonus episode in which I bring on one of the stars of Xenon Girl of the 21st Century, Holly Folger, who plays the role of the iconic Aunt Judy. If you love these 90s, early 2000s movies like I do, please leave us a rating and review. Five stars only. I hate self-promotion as much as the next, but it really helps spread the word about the podcast and help us continue to bring on incredible guests like Holly Folger. So let's get into my interview with Holly, and just because I love hearing it, let's play the Disney Channel original movie, Intro Music. Uh, we are now joined by one of the stars of the Xenon franchise, Holly Folger, who played the role of the iconic Aunt Judy. Uh, Holly, thank you so much for joining the Relunchables podcast. Of course. <laughs> before, we get in, <laughs> before we get into uh, Xenon, which is, of course, why we have you on, I want to go even further back. And how did you get started acting? Uh, um, I just always wanted to be an actor. And I... Um, Early on, I did a Shakespeare festival in Lakewood, Ohio, which is where I grew up. And there were all these interns there and we kind of, the interns did all the, you know, like painting and moving sets and all the, you know, all the grunt work. And one of the interns was Tom Hanks. So that was, yeah. And we've all kept in touch. I moved to Chicago and I was kind of in that, in the Chicago theater scene, and then I moved out to LA um, to try and make some money. So that's in a nutshell. Is Tom Hanks as great a guy as everyone says? I can't find one person absolutely. to say something bad about him. <laughs> I don't think anyone ever would. He is absolutely, I can't, and he's so funny. I mean, it's just, he's just, I can't, it's, he's just so funny. We were, one of the reunions we had, we all came back to Cleveland, which is where the Shakespeare Festival was in Ohio. And we rented a bus, or he rented a bus, this big bus that we all like kind of traipsed on and, and no one knew he was there. We were all, we had this, you know, we had to be secret about it and everything. And it was a weekend that we took. And at one point we were traveling around, you know, Cleveland and we were crossing over a river, the Cuyahoga River. And Hank's at some point goes, you know, if this bus crashes into the river, the headline will be Tom Hanks and others died in a <laughs> terrible crash. But he's just fun. He's just so fun. And he's so, he's just fun. He's, he's him. He's, yeah. you know, it's, and that's pretty cool because a lot of times you don't remain you in, uh, in Hollywood. So 
Yeah, yeah, no, it seems like he stayed the exact same way since when he was a kid. And I know when everyone found out he got coronavirus, it was like, no, not a national treasure like Tom Hanks. We can't oh, lose him. so scary. We were just, <laughs> oh, no, how are you? And he'd send us um, pictures of what he was eating, like what they were giving him to eat, <laughs> like Vegemite or I don't know. I can't remember. But anyways, he is, he's just, he's just a good one. He really is. Definitely. And I don't want to turn this about him. Of course, we're having you on. And uh, <laughs> I'm curious, okay. growing up, did you have any uh, mentors or any actors that you were watching as a kid that kind of inspired you to get into the profession? I mean, kind of the normal ones. But for me, it was more about finding a way to express myself because I was incredibly shy and I was I was kind of a nerd and and, and it was and it just, you know, I and I was I was very sensitive. So for me, it was finding a way to express a part of myself that, you know, and I could relate to people that way as opposed to, you know, being real aggressive or stuff like that, which didn't suit me at all. So. Sure. And moving on to kind of why we're having you on the Relunchables podcast. And that's, of course, to talk about Xenon. I'm not sure when you first maybe went to that first casting session for the movie, you'd realize it would span a three movie franchise and people would still be calling you Aunt Judy. But what do you remember about that initial casting process and, you know, going through the motions before the first movie? Um, I remember meeting the producers and I came in and I've the, Suzanne DePass produced it and Suzanne Costin is her producing partner. So I remember meeting, I was so intimidated. I mean, I was so intimidated by Suzanne DePass. It, it just, but I met them and I met Judy Taylor who cast it. And they, it's like, you know, when you go on an audition and they like you, you, you get that sense usually. You can usually tell when they liked me. Then we went through all sorts of callbacks and I was reading with different people. And then I, I mean, I wanted, you know, SVU or, you know, that thing that's going to, <laughs> catapult you and when I read this I thought that being in Xenon it's so funny you know <laughs> I mean I have kids and I will never forget my son was was in college and he called me this one time and he said you'll never believe this but they're playing that Xenon song and when I told him my mom was Aunt Judy they freaked out it's just so funny and I got I got mobbed once at a, at a volleyball game with 12 year old girls <laughs> Like, it's just, and, and the people, and now the girls and the guys, but it, a lot of girls really liked it. Um, they're moms now, you know? Yeah. And I'm working with a company, we're working on a series, and the director, <laughs> she just said, I'm a little bit overwhelmed that Aunt Judy's sitting here. It, it, it's unbelievable to me. It's hilarious. And that you contacted me. It's just, are you kidding? I actually called Suzanne Costin the other day. And I told her, I said, Costin, you're never going to believe this. And we laughed because it's just one of those things that you never in a trillion years would think, yeah, this is going to be the one. So, yeah. <laughs> I think what resonated about the role was Aunt Judy was the aunt that everybody wished they had. It was someone who was super supportive, a little zany, had the cheesy jokes, kind of let you eat whatever you want. Did you have any inspiration for the role? Did you have an Aunt Judy yourself growing up? No, but I am Aunt Judy. I mean, <laughs> I, seriously. I, I, I mean, ask my nieces and nephews and, um, and the flying thing, the scared of flying. It's just, we would laugh. I hate flying. I hate it. So when they put me in those things and be like, 
Aunt Judy hates flying. Yeah, she does. We'd have so much fun doing those, you know, those scenes where we're in a rocket ship or we're, you know, I, I, I can't even, so many stories. One time, Stu Penkin and I, who played my husband or my, you know, Commander Plank, we were in, we were in New, Ze New Zealand filming the third one and we were in this, uh, supposed to be a spaceship, right? But it's this kind of car thing and we're up on some platforms and to make it, to make it look like we're traveling, you had guys on like either side making it rock. And Stu and I were pretending we were, we would take the seat and go back and forth. And we've had, which had to be, it, that was not good. But we would just try to make each other laugh or all of us. We, we, you know, we were a pretty tight group. And after yeah. you do that many um, movies together and, and you hang out, you get to, and you fly, you know, we, we filmed all over the world with those, with, with Sinan. So, um, yes, but anyways, Aunt Judy, I kind of am Aunt Judy, <laughs> which is why I think I got the part, because <laughs> I'm her. Did you foresee the franchise it would become when you originally signed on to do it? Did you just sign on for the first? Did you have an option for the second two? What, what was that like after the reception and millions of people are suddenly tuning into it? It was shocking. <laughs> I mean, it was fun and it was, but I had no idea. And after, but it was exciting too, because the thought of doing, you know, I remember after the first one, the thought of doing a second one and all the same cast was, you know, brought back and, the second one we did in South Africa, hmm. and we all went to Cape Town together, which is the longest plane ride in the world. <laughs> so, so we were all, we all, Kate went down together, and we're all, we're all, you know, we, I think we were business or first, I can't remember. And we're all there just, and they, I'll tell you a story. When we flew back from New Zealand, this was before 9 11, and I was so afraid to fly that I, rode in the cockpit with these pilots on Qantas the whole flight <laughs> and it was the coolest thing I've ever done and it was and the stewardess would bring me us food and and, and the pilots were so great and they because I hate flying so much and they would you know if there was turbulence they would explain it to me and they would you know try to help me overcome my fear but um yeah, so when we flew, they all knew I was, I would be terrified, so. Are you okay with flying now? No. <laughs> <laughs> I try real hard to be, I, I try so hard. I try to be calm and we all go, there was this guy at the window and me, I'm in the aisle I'm and he was, you know, just, you know, I didn't say anything and it got bumpy and I sat down next to him. I grabbed his hand and I go, you have to talk to me. I'm really scared. <laughs> this guy's just okay. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, well, okay. <laughs> I just, I, I have to talk to someone. I have to, when it gets bumpy, I have, I'll tap the people in front of me. Are you scared? You know, I, I, and if they say yes, that's terrible because they have to say no. They're supposed to say no, everything's fine. But when they say yes, forget it. I'm, I'm ah, yeah. <laughs> What do you remember about working with Kirsten Storms? And just, you know, she was so iconic of an actress at the time. Everyone was saying Zetus Lapidus everywhere. And she was kind of I that, know. such a bright light. I loved Kirsten. And, you know, when she first started, um, you know, when we first did the first one, she was really young. I think she was 12. And I got to be friends with her family and, um, and her mom. And, you know, when you go on location with, with kids like that, 
their moms, usually their moms come. So we all travel together. So, um, so she was just darling, you know, she was so, she was just sweet. She's a sweet girl and very easy to work with. Just, it was absolutely fun. I can't say that there was ever a moment where it wasn't fun it, mm. and fun, like in things that I, sh you know, I, I'll, I'll never forget the first Xenon we did. There's one point at the very end where bass counting down, done, not, you know, it's an intense moment. And, you know, when you work, you, you do your close up and then you switch sides and you do the other person's close up. So it was Stu Pankin's close up. <laughs> And I was on the side of the camera giving him an eye, an eye line, and I just started to laugh. I, 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 and and he, he, bless his heart, he carried on and did the scene. But it, it just, there were those moments that it just, they don't happen that often, you know, when you work. It, but every now and again they do, and it's just the most fun you'll ever have in your life. So, and that, that was, Xenon was one of them. Do you keep in touch with the cast at all? We don't have reunions. I keep in touch with Stu Pankin um, almost always through Facebook. Although, you know, in LA, if you're in a play or I've seen him at various times. Philip Reese, who played Protozoa, I, I've stayed in touch with him. I haven't talked to him in a while, but I, I adore him. I, I just adore him. I've stayed kind of in touch with Kirsten's mom. Kirsten, not so much, because she was so young, and, you know, she's kind of gone off and done her own thing. Um, I stay close in touch with Suzanne Costin, who's one of the producers. She, I'd say I talk to her the most. She's, um, she's a good friend of mine. And, yeah, um, yeah, that's about it. I mean, that was the, the gang gang, so, yeah. And with all these films kind of being unlocked out of the vault with the advent of Disney+, Plus, have you seen a resurgence for these movies? I'll tell you what was funny. There's this thing called IMDb, and IMDb gives you your rating, right? Which, yeah. you know, for actors, it's, <laughs> but they give you this rating, and the uh, lower the number, the better, right? And my number hovers, uh, you know, around maybe 20,000. So sometimes I check it. I checked it, I think, right after. I didn't know it started, but I checked it, and it was... It was really low. I thought, what on earth is happening? And it was that. It was that Xenon was coming around again. So um, it, it's incredible. I had, you know, I had no idea. Um, so, yeah. So I should have bought some uh, Holly Folger stock right before Disney Plus came <laughs> out. And I really would have seen uh, investment make, you know, really a climb there, right? <laughs> yeah. It was. You can tell on your chart. You can tell on your chart. Yeah. Yeah. The power of that channel is oh, yeah. huge. I had no idea. Oh, yeah. And I know my listeners would be curious as to what you're up to now. And I believe you've gotten into a lot of advocacy work with, you know, true beauty discovery and empowering women and reframing the discussion around body image. Could you talk a little bit about the inspiration for that? Uh, yeah. Being an actor and being a woman, um, it's hard, you know, it's really hard. And in terms of how you look, and that was always something that I was aware of that I think messed with me and my self-esteem. So as I got older, I started to think maybe there's something I can do to shift that. And, and I know when I watched my daughter grow up and, and she'd go through some of the same things, 
I just started to think about how I could, what I could do. And I've landed now. Um, I have started a nonprofit. It's just, you know, very new. And because of what's going on with the COVID-19 thing, we've kind of, you know, a little bit, we're a little bit stopped right now because no one can really do anything. But it's a nonprofit that um, it, the mission is to help and encourage girls and women to create their own beauty ideals. And what we're doing is we've created seven legends that are personality driven kind of aspects. And we are doing a series um, with a, a kind of a mentorship with, with adult women and young girls so they can mentor one another and we can learn from one another. So we've, you know, that's, that's what I want to do. And I want to be able to have girls and women see themselves represented in the media. And that's incredibly important to me because you don't, I mean, you just don't, right? Yeah. And so if I can change any little girl's self-esteem or help her or allow her to see herself there or can relate to somebody, then then that will make me really happy. So that's what I'm doing now. So you can go on to my uh, website, which is truebeautydiscovery.org. Again, uh, you know, we've, we're kind of laying out the groundwork for how we're going to work on the series and kind of present the legends. So we're, you know, we're building it out and it's exciting and it's something we can still do while we're all in lockdown and kind of, you know, trying to still trying to be creative. Are you an actor? I am not. I am just a fan of these movies and trying to relive in some of the nostalgia, but I kind of want to, you know, go back to, you know, true beauty discovery a little bit and ask you, do you think, that the industry is headed in the right direction. I know with the Me Too movement, it was a little bit of a start, I think, until we get you know women behind the camera, like Greta Gerwig, Ava DuVernay, and, and more people in those kind of roles and in network president roles, that's where we're really gonna see this, really see the change. Right, I agree with that. I think that, um, yeah, I mean, things are, are changing and I think people are more conscious and kind of more awake right now. I think there's a lot more we can do. I just, I, I think that it's, we're just kind of, it's like baby steps. And I think that, that we're on the right track. But I still think that when you look, when you begin to look at statistics and you begin to, which it's, it's shocking to me because one would think that if you have a more diverse, um, you know, more diversity in advertising or television, film, you, you would think, well, yeah, it's going to change, and it's not, and that's that's so unbelievable to me. And I I think a lot of it's social media. I think it's you know pressure to be a certain way, and that pressure to be a certain way, you know, it's insidious. It's it's like a white noise that that we don't even know, but but it's it's been so long one way. So I think changing it it will take time but at least we're in a better place than we were like, you know, 10 years ago. So, but I think it's going to take a lot of work. And I think, um, but I think, I think, you know, I just think there's such a need for it. No, that's, that's awesome. Uh, Holly, I can't thank you enough for your time. I just wanted to end on five quick rapid fire questions if you're ready. Okay. Are there any TV shows you're currently binging during this quarantine? I just finished Ozark, I, and I finished um, Little Fires Everywhere, and I can't wait for the 
end of Homeland, because I love Homeland, and Outlander. I, I obviously I'm binging a lot of TV. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of time, right? <laughs> yeah. What'd you think of Little Fires Everywhere? I liked, uh, I, I loved the ending. I, I loved, I, I watched it last night. I stayed up till three in the morning, crying, texting my daughter. <laughs> oh, I just finished it. I thought of you. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved that character of Izzy. Yes. You know, it's, yeah. oh, I loved her. I loved that actress. Yeah, she's, she's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, are you afraid of space like your character Aunt Judy? And do you still believe in aliens? I do believe in aliens and space. You mean outer space? Outer space. Oh, I think it's intimidating. I think outer space is big. You know, it's like really big. There's not a lot. <laughs> not a lot of boundaries there so that a little bit scares me um but yeah i do believe in aliens but that too if i were to think deeply into that that would scare me too and with this whole isolation thing i try to keep things this way and not you know ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, what situation is worse if the space station in the first xenon would have crashed or having to be a cleveland browns fan oh <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I know. It's so I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that to you. Oh, I love my teams. I do. Even though last year was just, oh, are you kidding? We were so ready. We were so ready. And it was horrible. Yeah. Maybe this will be Baker's year. I hope so. Who do you, do you like the Browns? I'm a sad New York Jets fan, so there is no hope oh, for me ever. Who do, who do they have as quarterback now? They have Sam Darnold, who played at USC here in LA. Is he good? Is that just did, did they just get him? This is his third, going into his third year now. So we'll see. You know, he was he was injured a bit last year, so maybe yeah. maybe this is our year. Although I say that every year. Uh, what is your favorite Disney Channel original movie aside from Xenon, or if you don't have any, just a favorite kids movie? Well, I love Mary Poppins. I mean, to me, I just, it's all about magic and possibility and things that, that, you know, I don't know. I think you get to a certain age when you grow up and the magic starts to leave. And I think that it shouldn't. That's my dog. Really. <laughs> washing over me <laughs> and to tell you the truth she flies with me she's really? my yes she does she keeps me calm <laughs> yes did you see the mary poppins remake with emily blunt i didn't see that yet hmm. is uh, it, i i have not i can't stick with the original I yeah yeah <laughs> I, I mean i love the original i love i just do it's just magic so and last one, I know Halloween Town and Xenon are the only Disney Channel original movies to get, you know, a three movie franchise. If Disney Channel approached you about maybe doing a Xenon television show, possibly for Disney Plus, and they wanted to reprise the role of Aunt Judy, would you sign up? Oh, I would love it. <laughs> you know, there's always been rumors about, I mean, you know, over the years, there's always, because it's like this movie that keeps on being popular. And, um, I would love it. That's one of my things, I think. 
that would be so fun because we, you know, that'd be so fun. And I think, well, where would we be and who would the cast be? And would Kirsten would see and have a kid and how, I would love that. Yeah. I'm sure my I mean, listeners are happy to hear that. Uh, Holly, yeah. thank you so much for joining the Relunchables podcast. My pleasure. Thank you for having me and take care. I would like to thank my guest, Holly Folger, for coming on the podcast. She really is Aunt Judy in real life. And hopefully we can get to see her soon in a potential Xenon sequel on Disney+. Plus. You never know. You can subscribe to the Relunchables podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave us a rating or review. Five stars only. Until next time. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.